sponsored by books. Audiobooks. Penguin Random House Audio publishes the titles you need to start the year off right. Like, Everything's Trash But It's Okay by Phoebe Robinson. Listen to books while you exercise. That's right. You can no longer use the excuse, I couldn't keep my New Year's resolution because I have too many books to read. <laughs> Classic. Download your favorite titles in any audiobook app. Or visit penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash twogirlsonepodcast to browse their selection. And now here are the hosts who have already given up on their New Year's resolution to make better podcasts. Jennifer Jamula and Allison Bolger. Hi guys, I'm Jen. I'm Allie. Did you hear me singing that? Could you hear I it? Did. Okay. All right. Just yes. checking. Um, <laughs> welcome. Sound check. To- sound check. <laughs> one, two, three. <laughs> welcome to Two Girls Who Won a Podcast, uh, where we randomly sing things. Uh, Allie and I are performers who have a show called Blogologs, where we use the internet like a script as our script, um, and we take Reddit threads, Craigslist posts, that sort of thing, put it live on a stage, and play different characters so we would always be thinking about who could be saying this text why are they saying it and make choices around that from there she and i made a web series two girls one show in which we uh, interviewed people behind different internet communities one unscripted adventures and then we decided to do this podcast and in this podcast we are interviewing people behind internet communities and trends and things like that that we find really interesting so welcome everybody we're glad that you are here with us Every smartphone on here damn near is gonna be while on the toilet phone. (laughs) Jen, let's just pretend that that didn't happen. I think people must be confused because it's like my voice, but that was a recording, guys. I know. (laughs) Also, if listeners join for the first time, they're like, what the fuck was that? It was our producer playing random clips of us from other episodes. That wouldn't be weird (laughs) at all. This is why we're mad, folks. We'll just ignore him. We can't control it. All right, I'm just going to ignore him. It's fine. Well, I Um, wanted to say... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just continuing to ignore Matt. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm excited about today's episode because the internet can be a dark and scary place filled with a lot of hate, especially because the anonymity makes people feel like they can be fucking assholes. Um, But today's episode, we are looking at how the internet actually rejected that and created a truly safe space for trans people. We're talking with Luna Baker, who is a member of a council of people who run a private Discord server for the transgender community. So yeah, that's basically what you said. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so trans people unfortunately get a lot of hate in the real world and online. And so now there's this private chat room. And we also want to give a shout out to V, who is in our Discord chat server, which you Discord. can Discord.gg slash 2G1P. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Welcome. So um, we were interested in these online spaces for trans people because we know that's how a lot of people like even discover what's going on and find this community. Anyway, so V pointed us in the right direction and introduced us to today's guest. So thank you, V. Thanks, V. I have to admit, I get nervous around these conversations uh, because transgender is something that I know it. I know people have been transgender for since the beginning of time, but um, since we're just starting to become more aware of it, it is hard sometimes to know how to talk about it. 
Um, and you know, there's just the feeling like you don't want to offend people, but I'm, I, I don't agree. know. I'm just, yeah. So thankful for the conversation we're going to have today. And, you know, I, in particular around gender pronouns, you and I, um, do you remember when we were in Sweden and that, that was like the first real time that we had to deal with that? This was years ago now. Um, but we were working oh. at a, co- a conference, teaching a workshop there and everybody at the conference identified their gender pronouns. And it was really the first, it was the first time I had even heard of doing that. It was, you know, I don't know, four or five years ago. And I found it so challenging just because I'm so hardwired to say things one way. And um, yeah, it's just over the years I found, you know, it just, it takes practice. That's all. Totally. I wanted to share a little story, um, which is that a couple years ago, I don't know how many, but like, I'm just going to be totally honest here on this podcast. I was sort of like, uh, trans, what's the deal? Mm, you know? And uh, is, that, is that your Seinfeld impression? <laughs> <laughs> What's the like? deal with <laughs> I'm going to go in a corner now and everyone <laughs> should take over. Um, are they male? Are they female? Pick a gender. <laughs> I, was, yeah, I was like, what's up with this? The 90s and were so simple, by the way. <laughs> they were. Like, oh, my like, God. Uh, this offensively so. podcast yeah. <laughs> is so gendered. Two girls, one podcast. Yeah. What the Fuck. Yeah. We're changing it to two humans, one yeah. podcast. <laughs> two cisgender humans, one podcast. <laughs> yeah, sure. Ah. <laughs> nice. Anyway, so uh, back in the day, uh, yeah, I was with my family and we were all talking about it. And Cindy Mendelson was there. Shout out to Cindy Mendelson, who is a who psychologist. Who is that? What a great name. Okay. Uh, yeah, she's a, uh, and okay. actually my family has for years jokingly called them the Mendel persons rather than the Mendelsons, like not oh. as a trans thing, just like in general. I don't know. So Cindy Mendelson is a psychologist and this was so interesting for me because, you know, shout out if she's listening, but she is our our parents' generation, which you generally don't associate with the following. But basically I was like, you know, we were all having discussion about it and I wasn't really understanding. And she said to me, this is a phenomenon that has been traced way back in history forever. These communities have existed worldwide forever and have a very high suicide rate because the world doesn't properly deal with them. And it was so interesting to hear, you know, someone older uh, laying the smack down like that, dropping some knowledge. <laughs> so thank you, Cindy. Wow. Um, and that that was when I was like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, just to learn th- that like there's, I think she said specifically that there's been a large community in India for mm-hmm. that's been traced back a long, long time. Just like, I wonder if we, because people are so unaware, like not even t- to know what to look for. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, you know, I'm sure like in writings and things like maybe things have been read, but I just would be curious to know what people are finding to like trace it back. And, you know, can we start really like in earnest looking for that in all cultures to see, you know, just like learn more about it. Yeah. And that most people don't, know that and don't have that experience of someone laying the smack down. <laughs> Go Cindy. <laughs> Go with Cindy. I've always liked Cindy. I've always told my mom that Cindy is on her approved list of friends. I was going to say, <laughs> did you tell your mom she should be friends with Cindy? I mean, they are friends, but. No, I mean, that's I, how I know Cindy. It's, a, it's my mom's friend, but my mom, some of her friends approved. are like, why are you friends with this person? And I was like, Cindy's on the approved list. I'm a Cindy fan. <laughs> Well, I'm sure your mom appreciates you. <laughs> she <laughs> thought it was hilarious. And I think I've told Cindy and so did she. Am I on um, your mom's approval list of friends for you? <laughs> no, but oh, oh, oh. I thought you were going to ask if you were on the list and I was going to say, no, but Mama Jam is. 
Ah, uh, okay. Oh, okay. Cool. 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 <laughs> yeah. She's like that, Jen. She's a bad influence. I don't like my daughter <laughs> no. hanging around with her. All this but, acting. Podcasting. <laughs> yeah. But Jen, you and I also had an interesting experience teaching where we heard the first male trans student at Andover, who then I think was the first openly um, trans student at Harvard and now I think teaches at American. We heard him speak a few years ago and that blew my mind too. He was giving a speech at, uh, you know, now I wish I could remember what the acronym stood for, uh, but it was, we were at a conference. Um, anyway, it was for, but it, it was for students like within the LGBTQI community. Is that right? And allies. Yes. Yeah. But I remember it having like a really bad name, the conference. Do you remember? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, we probably shouldn't say what it was <laughs> just in case no, but, any of them are uh, listening. Okay. But yeah, I it was remember. something like it sounded a little sexual and I'm like, why did no one put that together that this is not what this should be called? <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Oh, um, good times. But, <laughs> but something that speaker said that, again, like just rocked my world was that um, – Society is more fascinated by male to female than female to male. And his theory, his personal theory, was that society is more fascinated by someone taking a step down in class rather than a step up. Hmm. That's really interesting. Did anyone else's brain explode? (laughs) Anyone? I don't. Explode? (laughs) It's like it already happened. (laughs) Um. Well, yeah, it, it it's interesting to think about drag. Like that always occurred to me, drag, and that men dressing as women is seen as like cute, whereas like when women dress as men, like nobody gives two shits. Like I don't, maybe it's something different, but I just feel yeah, like like people drag, are like fascinated. It's just because like sequins are fabulous, you know. I guess so. I don't know. I think there's. I something- mean, could you be a drag king and have sequins? Because if there's sequins, <laughs> I'm in. Just in general. But I think it has something to do with the way that we sexualize women. Like, it's like you can't take your eyes off of a man with breasts, like in a tight little dress. Whereas, I don't know, it's like not inherently sexual to like yeah, see that's a woman true. in bed. But I got to say, I love. I love dressing in drag for our show. <laughs> you know oh that. Oh my God, you're right. I love it so much. It's so much. It's so like liberating. <laughs> Makes me feel like I kind of wish I could wear like dude's clothes more often. <laughs> and, but like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. You and I have had this talk a lot where when we decided that we were going to start doing drag, we very much wanted to steer away from the stereotype of, I'm a woman playing a man and I'm going to put a backwards hat on. You know what I mean? And we talked right. about like, this is just a person. Yes. Who happens to be male. And we spent a lot of time just looking at like, what does this person do? How does this person speak? Absolutely. Which I always loved. Yes. So. Yeah. 100%. Go us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to steer clear of those stereotypes, because I feel like it's yeah. really cheesy when you see women playing men and it's just like them like, being a bro. I don't know. <laughs> As a man. Yeah. <sighs> You're going to mansplain a little? I apologize for that. (laughs) Uh, It it strikes me as even simpler of like just throughout history, we've always just been okay with it's totally fine if a girl wears pants, but it's not fine if a boy wears a dress. And it's this idea, like I know you're saying like going, you know, going from male to female is taking a step down. And I think that's an important thing. it's a mind-blowing concept. I don't know if that's true that that's society's fascination, but that point just like yeah. I, I guess what I, what I think might what what might be more um, prescient in that equation is just that ma- masculine like to to break masculinity or to 
um, subvert masculinity is very, has always been taboo, right? In that simple way of like a boy wearing a dress, not allowed, a girl wearing pants, like, of course, but that's, that's totally fine, right? Hmm. Well, women had to fight to wear pants, actually. Sure, sure. I guess in uh, more in modern times of like the idea of a tomboy was, you know, th- that fr- that term is problematic in itself, but it was accepted. But a but a girl, right? Is uh, m- more acceptable than yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. And so, what is that? Is that about the woman, or is it about the the man uh, losing or subverting masculinity? I'm not sure which is the more which is the first one in the equation, right? I mean, really mm-hmm. great questions. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, who, yeah, I would love to hear more about that if anybody listening has more, you know, any uh, has done some some hist- like research into the history of that. Um, but I think like on a performative basis, it's more accepted for men to dress up as women. I'm talking about drag. That's simply sure. that, like performative. Yeah, yeah, wait, yeah but sure. like in life, I agree, it's like a little different. I have noticed um, fashion and styles, like definitely um, more feminine styles have come into play for men, obviously the dawn of the metrosexual, <laughs> um, like in the early it. 2000s, <laughs> but also even like tunics and skirts in like, they're kind of like kilt like skirts, but that's become not obviously mainstream yet. But um, I'm, I'm curious, like as our gender identities change, how, yeah, like what, what we wear will change as well. Yeah. But you're right. Like earlier on, women were wearing pants. But I think Ali is a good point. It's because like we were fighting for rights and part of that expressed itself in us wanting to dress that way. So sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm, it's not historical, yeah. but but just thinking back to like growing up as a boy, the worst yeah. insult that your other that your peers oh, could throw at you this. is like, you're a sissy, you're a pussy, you're a girl. Like, and that's such a like 1950s mentality. But like, in growing up in the 80s like we still yeah. that was still very prevalent and so if you were trans at that time and then had to and and wanted to transition or wear different clothes or whatever like that was obviously uh, a very taboo thing yeah well i can't believe i'm gonna say this but i love i think it's that night it's by nike that commercial where it's like yeah i run like a girl yeah i throw like a girl and then it's like all these badass little girls like running and throwing (laughs) i love it yeah but also i think i mean this is like a whole other episode but i think the biggest disservice you can do to little uh, boys and little children generally is to teach them that being emotional in some way is um not acceptable. <laughs> right. Sure. So for me, that's the big thing. I'm like, sure. Yeah. Which is, I think, created a lot of issues that are happening in society today. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, guys, should we do some trivia? No, Allie, do you want to uh, say something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just think that we should institute Tutu Tuesday worldwide. Um, I think we all just everyone, yeah, if just everyone <laughs> could embrace all genders, you know, and we've been very binary right now, you know, I want to acknowledge non-binary as well. If we could just institute Tutu Tuesday around the world, I think it would be a better place. Did you just come up with that? <laughs> no, I'd like to say I did. Ali, that is a genius. <laughs> Thank you. No, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I have a, I have a real problem with this idea. What, what is it? I need, does Tutu Tuesday replace taco tuesday because if they're if those are no 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 you will no you it's a that is a fantastic point matthew and i'm on board for you being here now um they're not mutually exclusive you can do no absolutely in fact it is actually the correct terminology is worldwide we are instituting taco tutu tuesday that's how it's working you should definitely be eating a taco while wearing your tutu consider me an ally 
Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, man, I love that idea. All right. Thank you. Uh, well Choo Choo Tuesday is um, at you heard it here. on Tuesday. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but Should've I known. I, I don't want to take credit for Choo Choo Tuesday. I do, however, <laughs> think that it would solve a lot of world's the world's problems. You know, men dressing as women, women dressing as men, whatever you want. Choo Choo Tuesday. Also, how many times can I say Choo Choo Tuesday on Two Girls One Podcast? <laughs> It's trivia time. It's trivia time. Let's do it. Today's episode is about the transgender community. And today I have trivia that you guys, especially Allie, are going to love. Me? I'm going to love trivia? You're going to love it. (laughs) Check yourself, Matthew. Before you wreck yourself. Yeah. And by love, I mean hate. It's a simple question. I'm sorry, I'm texting. I've zoned out. <laughs> She's texting me. The texts are coming through right now. They're like, Jen, I'm completely zoned out. <laughs> I She's am not doing trivia. Out. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you can set it out. I mean, look, you still get the gift I'm, card. It's true. Okay. Oh, great. That's right. All right. Jen's excited to participate in trivia. Let's do it. I'm not, but I have also, to. I need to eat this week. Yeah. If you guys haven't listened to Jen's reactions in the trivia episode, <laughs> they, Matt, when are you going to cut together just an audio file of Jen's reactions from that episode? Mm-hmm. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. That is one idea right. I like that You're you welcome. can give Matt. Thank you. I'm on it. Uh, today's question is fairly straightforward. What was the first year that Playboy magazine featured a transgender model in a centerfold in its pages? Oh, wow. Wow. I have no idea. So, you know, you guys hate these questions because okay, it's just a bunch trivia. of years. Uh, d- yeah, because just a bunch of years. Yeah, that's We're talking irritating. about societal norms and we're talking yeah, about, and Playboy obviously super progressive as a publication. So how early were they to this, uh, this discussion? A, 1981, B, 1991, or C, 2001? So hard to say. I mean... I'm going with 2001, A Space Odyssey. Yep. (laughs) Allie's locking it in for Space Odyssey. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Allie. That was my first uh, reaction to you. Okay. 2-2 for C. 2-2-Tuesday. Not to be confused with... Yep. (laughs) We got it. We got it. Every Tuesday, guys. Don't skip. There's two 2-2-Tuesdays every month. Okay. No, there's okay. four. Sorry, I did the math wrong. Guys, we gotta four. let's take it to a break. I think Matt needs a break. I know I need a break. <laughs> we will find out the correct answer to today's trivia after the break. Ellie, you know who has a new audiobook out? Who? Phoebe Robinson. Oh, that's cool. I like that bitch. I like to pretend we're friends because we've met her, but we're not. But I wanted to be her friend. Wait, weren't we on a magazine cover with her? Is that that's what, you were what about I was to say? about to say. Yeah, totally. Fever we were on a magazine cover we with her. And then met her. She's so awesome. And she's written a couple books, but now her newest one is called Everything's Trash, But It's Okay. That's the title, I, but I'm not sure it's I okay. Would agree, I would agree, though, that everything is trash. You're Definitely. right, but it's not okay. <laughs> I just, I mean, yeah, I agree with the first part of the statement, but I've had a lot of moments recently where, like, I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, is this the, is this the last day we're all going to be on Earth? <laughs> Well, that got really dark. I get a little really scared. fast. Do you think yeah. that we should write her and suggest a title change? <laughs> well. It's trash, and it's not okay. Let's listen to it first, because maybe she gives a good reason why it is going to be okay, which I really need to hear. And 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 she reads it. Oh my you get to god! To listen to her, which I, honestly, for for comedians who write books, that makes so much sense to hear them deliver it. Guys, you should check this out. It's a PenguinRandomHouseAudio.com/slash Two Girls One Podcast. 
or uh, you can also get it at Audible, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Um, and again, it's called Everything's Trash, but it's okay by Phoebe Robinson. We think you're going to love it, and we all need to be reassured right now. <laughs> so thank you, Phoebe. And now a real advertisement entitled "God Damn It" from the internet's angriest place, Craigslist. I love you, birds. I love you a lot. But stop shitting in your water. I bought a huge ass cage because all of you are cute. And I bought toys because all of you are cute. And I bought baths so you could bathe because all of you are cute. But whenever I turn around, you are shitting in your bathing water. It's a huge cage and you choose to shit there of all places. Stop it. It drives me insane. Wow, those birds are so ungrateful. She bought them a huge ass cage and they're still shitting in their water. Like, Well, maybe they don't know any better. I mean, they are birds, but. Yep, they're really (laughs) self-sabotaging. I have never seen or read any Harry Potter books, but I assume that's exactly what they sound like. Um, you guys know that we always shit in water. Oh, you're yeah. welcome. Yeah, Whoa. we do. We do too. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so they're just imitating what they've seen. Yeah, they're just like us. You know, it's like parents. <laughs> you know, you, you can't tell your kids to get off their phones while you're on yours. Oh God. Mm. Knowledge bombs dropping. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of dropping, speaking of dropping knowledge bombs. Speaking of being drunk. Just kidding. Trivia. <laughs> all drinking on the job. Uh, today's trivia was a fairly straightforward question. What year did Playboy magazine feature its first transgender model as a centerfold? Uh, your choices were 1981, 1991, and 2001. You guys both picked 2001, thinking that this would be a much later development in the history of the magazine, yeah? I just did it as the bandwagon yeah. effect. You just do whatever Allie does. <laughs> Pretty much. Got it. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> cool. The correct answer is B, 1991, which what? surprised me. Yeah. Well done, Playboy. Well done. The story is about Caroline Tula Kasi. Uh, she goes by Tula. She was cast as a Bond girl or really an extra in the James Bond film uh, For Your Eyes Only, which was in 1981. She had transitioned way back in 1974 and was enjoying a very successful modeling and acting career. And then a British tabloid revealed that she was born as Barry Cossey. This was published in 1982, and this became a media sensation. The idea of a, you know, a sexy Bond girl in a, in a very masculine movie like James Bond in the 80s, and actually she was uh, transgender. This was a big, I wouldn't say it was a scandal, but it was a big thing. Uh, but rather than sort of disappear, she said, no, I'm going to write two memoirs and I'm going to talk about this experience publicly. And then she approached Playboy and said, hey, uh, I want to pose. And Playboy was like, yep, let's do it. And, uh, you know, I think Playboy is pretty, ca- pretty famous for capitalizing on like controversy and public figures that are buzzy. And so they said, yeah, let's do it. And she became the first uh, transgender model to pose, I assume, nude in, in the magazine. 
What a badass bitch. That's awesome. Get it, girl. Get it. That was a great story. I have to say that even I enjoyed today's trivia. What? <laughs> I wish I hadn't said that in a in a forum that's being recorded. That's I should true. have mm. should have saved that for off air. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Matt, you said you thought Allie would like Wait, what what did you say? Because I hate when he gives us one where it's just numbers because I'm like, how are we have any? That's accurate. That's accurate. (laughs) Today's trivia, what number am I thinking of? Two, seven, or eight? (laughs) Basically, yeah, that's what a lot of the trivia is. Yeah. But this was sort of interesting because it was like, in what decade do we think that Playboy came around? Right. But yeah, no, Mm -hmm. I hate you. Um, cool, cool, cool. Is it time? Is it time? I think it is time. I just looked at my watch and guys, it's time. Yes, I also <laughs> wear a watch. a watch. I know, okay. I know. I know you're thinking that. I'm trying to use my phone less. Um, so <laughs> we're super excited. Oh, actually, excited. that's true. Yeah. Jen's been wearing a watch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Do you, do you get texts and Reddit on your watch? Is that no? Nope. Uh, it's a zero internet watch. I got a zero wow. internet watch oh, policy. God. All right. I don't know. I, what I, I figured can't. out is you can't have your time device be the same thing that connects to the internet. Otherwise, like you go to check the time and you end up on Instagram for 45 minutes, <laughs> <laughs> or like you turn no, off your alarm so and you go right. on Facebook for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> And it's I feel- four seven o'clock what the fuck <laughs> exactly totally i also feel like sometimes i go to check the time and i end up checking my email and then put my phone away and i'm like wait i don't know what time it is <laughs> yes. does that no, happen to anyone else yes yeah, i might a get a watch i might get a, get a watch. watch get a watch get a and i'm gonna get an analog alarm clock that's my next step all right guys it is time according to my zero internet watch uh to talk to our guest Luna Baker, who is one of the council members for a private discord for the transgender community. Welcome, Luna. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. us. Of course. It's uh, my pleasure. Jen and I said it simultaneously because it's true. Of course. (laughs) I have to say, I'm very excited about this interview because I feel like I, and I think a lot of people, have a lot of questions about being transgender and what that's like. But I know that I personally am so nervous about offending that then I shy away from asking questions. And simultaneously, I know that a lot of groups are tired of having to be that source and having to answer those questions. And I totally understand that fatigue as well. Uh Um, But at the same time, I think as much as Jen and I can research and read about it, it's so great to actually be able to have an honest conversation with a member of the community. So with all that said, I'm excited to (laughs) ask you everything. But that said, if there's anything you don't want to answer, you can tell me to fuck off. I'll let you know. <laughs> Would you be open to starting with your personal story sure. about like realizing you were trans and going through all of that? Yeah, absolutely. It all kind of like really started when I was like 14. I had the sudden realization, oh crap, I'm a girl. I guess I came out in like seven different ways at seven different times over that 10 years uh, until I got the one that mattered, the one that actually got me to uh, medically transition. If you don't mind me asking, do you, what was that moment if it hit you so suddenly? Do you remember like the uh, first, what What was it? I think it was being, being told uh, uh, something that was being expected of me. And I was just like, oh. that doesn't make sense. And what was that? And uh, I cannot remember, but that's, okay. about, uh, that's about as far as my memory goes on that. But just feeling like that expectation of you didn't make sense. Uh, yeah, it didn't make sense at all. And uh, and it was very confusing uh, until I just kind mm-hmm. of was like, well, uh, I mean, I don't know what to call this and I don't know how to get help about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's, a, that's a 
common a common theme among many uh, trans folk. Where people they yeah, that's interesting that there's at that time if there's no word for it that you feel this and you don't even know what to call it. Exactly, and I think that's what uh, is is happening when all of these uh, uh, freaking conspiracy theorists are like, "Oh, there's suddenly more transgender people," and it's like, "No, <laughs> it's just more people." They understand. were always there. <laughs> yeah, more people understand that they're transgender, and more people who already did are more comfortable with coming out. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. It's like the the rise in ADD. It's like no, no. It's something in the water. It's definitely, it's definitely something, something in the water. In the water. It's, I think it's, it was chem- chemtrails. Oh, yeah. oh, I, I thought mean, it was chemtrails. It's the chemicals in the water yeah. that's turning yeah. all the frogs gay. I think. Yeah. The frogs gay. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. You go out for a plate of frog legs and you come back gay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Chinese restaurants, it's a problem. I, I want to clarify for our listeners, when you say coming out, you mean as transgender, uh-huh. right? Yes. Okay, and I, I did want to clarify or get your explanation on um, uh, gender identity and sexual orientation. Not the same thing, obviously, right? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, yeah, they, uh, they, it's very interesting because the, uh, the way that we generally think about it within at least the discord uh is that these two things are just not linked at all and kind of the designation between like gay and lesbian is kind of pointless um at uh at times but that label does make certain people feel correct so can you tell us about the seven circles of coming out you mentioned there were seven different times. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh. <laughs> I was like, that sounds technical. <laughs> like seven circles of hell or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you said you came out like seven different times and then there was finally one that was like, maybe your, your Sherpa? Your, your... Uh, well, I mean, uh, most of the other times were either online or with a group of like two people. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the, the last time was to my mother. And that oh. was the time where I was like, okay, now I can actually start getting help. And uh, okay. she's very supportive. Uh, I still live with her as well as with my husband. I think you said it, it was 10 years later. So that was when you were 24. Is that right? Yep. Uh, it was October 10th, uh, 2014 is when I started treatment. Oh, you just, your anniversary was kind of recently. Yeah. Muscle tub. Yeah. <laughs> so can you? Tell our listeners a little bit about that process and the stages that you have to go through to start um, the process of reassignment. It starts a little bit gatekeepery in a lot of states, uh, at least here, um, where you have to go to a therapist and get a recommendation to go see, what's the word, an internist or an endocrinologist um, to actually start getting like hormonal treatment uh and that can be a really big gate for a lot of people who are not comfortable talking to someone who's not going to treat them about something that they need treatment for Mm -hmm. and is that a big barrier where a lot of therapists won't give that permission and or is there a network where people are like hey go see this therapist they understand there absolutely is uh i used a website i cannot remember the name anymore but uh uh, it was specifically for georgia uh and it was talking about uh doctors who were trans friendly two of these people happened to be uh within walking distance of each other which was interesting uh 
So I saw the therapist for a while, who sent me finally to the general practitioner, and uh, and then that's when I started getting the uh, the blockers and the new hormones, essentially. And are you in Georgia? Yes. Okay. Oh yes, it's uh, it's fantastic <laughs> uh, because yeah. uh, I can I can have my gender uh, marker changed on my federal level stuff, but unless I'm willing to pay for uh, SRS or GRS, sexual reassignment surgery or gender reassignment surgery. But unless I'm willing to pay like the $70,000 to do that, uh, I can't get my state records updated. Wait. I can only get my name updated. But how would they even know if you've had it or not? You have to get a, a, a certificate from a doctor. And uh, if that doctor be lying, hmm. <laughs> All right. Internet, let's find a doctor who's going to forge some certificates. <laughs> who's ready to write some certificates? Because the only other option is throwing your junk on the table. And <laughs> both of these yeah. seem silly. Perhaps an easier way is to just abolish states. Because it drives like me insane <laughs> that the federal government could say, here's how things work. But random state like Georgia is like, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't do that. We need, we need a blood bananas. sacrifice. Right. <laughs> like, for real. States' rights. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Always so oh. helpful. I'm, I'm, I'm an anarchist, so you're talking my language. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're in good company. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> so, can you, because I do think everyone's curious, or maybe it's just me, I don't know. Um, like, getting the blockers and the hormone therapy, how much does that change and help? Uh, I would say the first day is, of course, exciting because you're starting. And placebo, because you know that's just how brains work. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I think after a few weeks, you actually start feeling uh, physiological effects, which is uh, one of the, the the biggest reliefs of my entire life. Was like feeling uh, anything change at all, and I was like, "Oh, huzzah! Mm -hmm. This is fantastic." Maybe it's impossible to describe, but but. These physiolo physiological changes, like how did you feel? Like, uh, uh, like fat redistribution. Mm. Oh wow! Okay. Like I was, I was, I wasn't holding, I wasn't holding very much on my sides anymore. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Which is, which is, which is very fun because that means I can actually get into some more genes now. Though I do have to buy new ones now. Mm -hmm. It's mostly that, and your body hair starts getting softer which is interesting do you start to grow breasts uh, uh yeah eventually that uh that definitely starts happening that's more of the fat distribution uh, redistribution as interestingly the glands themselves definitely form way before anything else which is fun uh when you are mm -hmm. not wearing a bra yet ah uh. <laughs> As in painful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's very uh, interesting. <laughs> so you were saying that the gender reassignment surgery cost $70,000. Is that what you said? Uh, that was the last thing that I, I looked up. I looked that up. I saw the price and I was like, well, guess I'm never doing that. <laughs> um, do you, I mean, in an ideal world, do you see this covered by insurance and the price dropping? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, all of all of this stuff should be covered by all insurance providers. Uh, if, to be honest, if we should have private insurance providers. Um, 
but yeah, uh, these things should be should be covered uh, and entirely because it's the correct medical treatment according to the medical community. Now, I'm not saying that anyone should necessarily do this, but I've heard it's way cheaper in Thailand, and a lot of people go to Thailand for it. Is that true? I actually do not know. I uh, I really only know of one overseas uh, surgery that uh, that people do. I think it's a South Korean surgery on the uh the vocal cords on the they're closing up a little flap a little bit and uh it raises oh, the pitch wow. of the voice whoa and uh i don't think that they can get a, uh, approved that i can i don't think they can get that approved here in the u.s that's so interesting about the vocal cords what are yeah. the other surgeries that people get because i think people don't realize how involved this is like they think of the gender reassignment you know um yeah but then they don't they, think of everything they, else yeah, exactly. Everybody everybody thinks about the bottom surgery and thinks about absolutely nothing else. Uh, they also tend to not even think about the hormonal treatment. But uh, 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 there's top surgery, of course, breast implants, augmentation, etc. Um, and then there's FFS, facial feminization surgery, which is a plastic surgery, uh, which would definitely not be covered by any insurance plans because that's cosmetic. I've heard people get their Adam's apple shaved. Is that right? Yes, that is a that is a thing. I know one person who did that. So my guess is, if this were more accepted and people started the the hormonal treatments at a way younger age, then a lot of the surgeries wouldn't be necessary. Is that right? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Like if if uh, if adolescents who are aware that they are trans. Uh, start getting at least blockers, if not full hormonal replacement therapy, which is what HRT stands for, um, uh, at, at the much earlier age, things like facial feminization surgery, uh, breast augmentation, uh, these things tend to not be quite so necessary simply because uh, they haven't gone through an entire puberty already. They can go through a fresh one instead. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very interesting to see, like, the results of someone who, uh, was able to transition, uh, in adolescence rather than in adulthood. It's, uh, so beautiful and interesting to hear you describe it as being a sense of relief that you felt when you started, you know, going through that whole process. And I'm just curious, because it is such a personal process, uh, some people who are transgender don't choose to be reassigned like is it is it sort of the natural progress progression that somebody would choose to get blockers and things like that or might you just simply kind of come out as transgender and that's how you decide to live but you would never be reassigned uh uh that's an that's an that's an did that in, make sense an, maybe it did <laughs> that's an interesting question because the answer is actually that the question is uh is not quite correct okay. the uh the 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 wonderful thing about transgender is that it also encompasses people who are non-binary. And a lot of non-binary people do right. not go through any kind of medical transition. Uh, they just, they simply express themselves, dress themselves, etc., present mm -hmm. themselves differently. And uh, I think a lot, of, uh, a lot of people who don't have quite as intense gender dysphoria don't go through medical transition. Uh, 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 transition and uh, a significant 
uh, number of people do not go through bottom surgery at mm-hmm. all. Would you say because it's prohibitively expensive or because a lot of people don't feel the need to do that? That dips into genital dysphoria. Not everybody feels so strongly. I did for a while. I don't really care anymore. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, like, especially since, like, the, I mean, the state wants me to do it, so fuck yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Luna, you sent us a really interesting article though, from Harvard um, and definitely want to get into that. So, um, oh, yeah, yes. if you're open to talking about it, uh, we'd love to hear more about what the findings are on sort of the genetic component of being transgender and uh, like the bogus psychological studies that are out there, all of that. Like how much is this something that you were born with? Do you think? Um, I think that uh, it's, it's, it's going to be one of those impossible things. Um, I mean, back in, I, I can't remember exactly when it was happening. Uh, it was late 20th century, I believe when people were trying to find the gay gene, um, which I think is, uh, is one of the things that's re-happening with transgender people, is that people are trying to find uh, a physiological, uh, uh, genetic, and uh, neurological, psychological uh, tests to find out if someone is quote-unquote really transgender. Um, which is which is what I I didn't like about the second half of that article that I sent you, um, because it starts getting into these like brain things and brain things are not particularly helpful when we're talking about something that's disconnected from uh, biology entirely. Okay, okay. So, um, do you have any personal like beliefs or rebuttals to that? Uh. One of the examples that I like to pull up um, is uh, uh, a few cultures, I'm blanking on any names right now, uh, do not have two genders, but have three or four or whatever, and these cultures don't define gender based on biology, they define it by your role in society, which is what gender means, it's your role in society. I love that. Can we do yeah, that? That would be great. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. But, but see, I, I have a, a slight feminist issue with that, which is that what that that points to the idea that there should be a woman's role in society. Uh, that is that is the uh, that is the issue with a gender system that has been going on for such a damn long time mm-hmm. that the uh, <laughs> that the the problem is that a a woman's role in society has been forced into a fairly oppressed position where men's role in society is everything. You don't say. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> right. We have a lot of work, guys. All right. Wait, abolish uh-huh. states. Oh, we have so abolish. much to do. Completely change gender roles across uh, the country. All right, we, all right, abolish we gender. Just, yeah. We just got burn it down. We'll start again. Right. <laughs> well, Luna, have you felt that acutely as you've transitioned? Like it role in society and how people see you and, you know, the maybe uh, any way that you were treated in particular being uh, like visibly identifiable as a woman uh uh that that part definitely that's that is that is definitely very nice i do not have to deal with crappy human beings that are being crappy about that quite so much um but uh, uh uh yeah i i've i've just noticed that in general 
a a world that sees me the way that I am feels kinder already. Um, and uh, uh, I, I don't know that a uh, that gender f- serves the same purpose anymore as a role. Um, I don't think that there is exactly uh, uh, there are roles attached anymore. Um, so I don't think that that has really changed for me. I think my role in society as a, a musician, artist, and uh, anarcho-communist. <laughs> well, so I... that brings up the uh, the philosophical question for me of like, what what is gender? What do you see it as? Uh, uh, currently, I see gender as a, a, a facet of identity that um, that is important to some not important to others and uh in general does not significantly impact uh what kind of person you can be uh but just this one identifier uh can help people uh express the way that they want to express without feeling uh the societal pressures of like gender conformity uh so i think right now society uses gender as more of a sledgehammer and i think it's more of a butterfly i love that (laughs) jen something i think you're asking that i'm super fascinated about is um as you started to look more like a woman did you start to for instance uh, you know, make 78 cents to the dollar. Like, did you start experiencing yeah. I am curious about all that. the yeah. shit? You know what I mean? Like, that must be crazy to, like, live as a man and then live as a woman and be like, whoa, I'm second-class citizen now. Like, what was that like? Uh, well, I, uh, unfortunately, I've been a second-class citizen for a while. That's true. I'm, uh, I'm quite disabled. Mm. Uh, and, uh, but, but thankfully, my, 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 uh, uh, Social Security insurance uh, did not actually decrease uh, once I started transition. So I guess that's at least good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But but did you start to experience, like, has that, there must be stories like that. I mean, may- maybe if not for you, then for others where they lived as a man and got, in a cer- got a certain level of respect and then they live as a woman and they're like, oh, I'm getting catcalled and harassed on the street. And you know what I mean? Like, uh, absolutely. Um I, I'm uh, I'm quite aware of uh, of one person in particular uh, in our Discord who had uh, who's told me in this past week since you contacted me, she was living as a as a man in her community and generally did not uh, dress anything uh, interesting. Like would always wear loose clothes just to feel less visible. Um, and, uh, uh, once she started, uh, transition, she ran into a lot of harassment issues, including more recently, like the cat calling, et cetera, because she's cute. Uh, I wonder if there's like a perverse oh, kind of joy where you're like, Hey, I'm being treated as a woman. <laughs> I'm getting harassed. Uh, there is. <laughs> it's good in very small doses. It's like, oh yeah, let me get a, a, a. Let me get a pinhead amount of that. Mm-hmm. Well, 
This seems like a good opportunity to ask a little bit about the Discord community if you're yes, willing absolutely. to go there. Okay, great. So how did it begin? When and how did you get involved? Well, it began before I was involved uh, with uh, a, a person I will call X until a little bit later where you will understand why. Okay. Um, and uh, uh, she started up the server and started inviting people in um, as uh, uh, as a refuge for trans people who are in other servers she's in to be just like, hey, you can be here. There are no cisgender people here, so you don't have to worry about anything. As the server grew, we ended up uh, just having more people in the uh, in the council and eventually the ex uh, uh, sexually harassed many of the members of this oh, great. <laughs> of this server uh, and we now refer to her as exile because uh, we uh. Uh, she was the owner uh, she got mad for 10 minutes jumped off of the server like left the server by handing it to me at which point we started moving towards removing her uh uh as we started getting a few more reports of sexual harassment i love wow. that she created a safe space to then sexually harass people like, what? <laughs> what the heck yeah yeah i mean abusers abusers work in very uh it's interestingly predictable mm -hmm. yet you don't see it coming right, right. Like, of course, the of course, the abuser would collect people to harass. <laughs> right. I just didn't expect it to be a safe space first. Right. Yeah. 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 It sounds like the internet in general has been really integral for a lot of trans people and helping them find each other. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and the forums that you were on and then the move into this private Discord chat server. Essentially, I started in a uh, a. a forum i think um susan's place or something like that and uh it was an interesting forum but since i do not join um those like board forums uh because you know i got tired of bbs in the 90s um I, uh, I I didn't end up really joining and participating uh so i moved into a facebook group um, with a, a, a significant number of people, really the only reason I st stopped hanging out there was because I started seeing more and more people who were coming in looking for trans people. Wait, looking for them in what way? You mean to oh, harass like, them? Like, or, uh -huh. uh, harass them, chase them, etc. Uh, it's uh, oh, humanity. Uh, it's so delightful. It's so delightful. Uh, oh, in that Facebook group, actually, uh, many people were talking about this convention that happens every year in Georgia, and uh, uh, it started out like really uh, 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 together and uh, safe, and then uh, perverts started showing up. So you know, 
every year is more of a pervert cool. fest. So cool, cool, cool. Perverts cool, cool, cool. always oh ruin the party. They really do. Right. I mean, it really only takes yeah. one dude with his dick in the punch. <laughs> Before no one wants to drink the punch. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, yeah. But to bring it somewhere wholesome. I'm concerned about you... all the punch I've ever had now. I know. All right, all right. You met your husband on IRC, is that correct? Yes, uh, I did back in uh, 2006 or 2007. Uh, okay. He lived up in South Dakota, and I lived down here in Georgia, and we were just uh, friends in a music chat room, mm-hmm. uh, and now he lives with me. So. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty cool. And uh, that happened about uh, October 4th, so... Well, congratulations. Happy anniversary. So cool. You've had so many anniversaries <laughs> recently. No, I mean October 4th, 2018. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you just got okay. married. So, yeah. Oh, not they an anniversary. Know. Like, yeah, yeah. it just happened. No, he, it just, he, happened. He, just, okay. he just moved in. Uh, oh. We just moved him down from South Dakota. Oh, wow. Wait, how long have you been married We've, for? Uh, well, I mean, we're not technically married. I would call it common law marriage, really, okay. if anything. Mm-hmm. Um. But I, I, we've been. Wait, so how's it? How's it going? About... How's it going? How's the movement? Uh, uh, pretty good. Is it, yeah. Oh yeah. It's pretty Is good. it awkward? Are you finding out a lot of new things? Uh, yeah, we are. It's not working out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and when I was on, uh, when I was on IRC, it was a little bit, uh, a little bit more together because, uh, I mean, if you are on IRC. You're probably uh, meant to be there. Not many people jump onto IRC to find people to harass because it is kind of a really, really, really old technology. So it was, it was, uh, it was pretty together. Uh, I don't know it, Jen. Do you know it? What's IRC? Is it's just an old kind of chat server? <laughs> it's internet relay chat. Um, yes, but yeah, I think it's, it's just like an old school chat server. Yep. Uh, think of think of Discord, uh, but instead of like thirty different sto- uh, servers on your bar, because I know everybody has that problem. Um, you have like two or three servers with a billion different uh, channels, but otherwise, it's exactly the same thing as Discord without the voice chat. Okay. And it's it tends to be run in either a console window or something emulating a console window. So it's just I- it's the old school. It's the original chat room, like uh, hey, AOL. It a- is, a- a- but it, but prior to AOL, AOL made mm-hmm. ch- online chat sort of mainstream. This yeah. is before this is AOL. The OG got it. The yeah, OG. it was like the OG uh, chat. It was it was it was the the BBS forums, and then it was uh uh, and during all of that was IRC. So. I don't really know which one was 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 really first. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would imagine BBS's bulletin board system, which was sort of yes. all right, uh, all right, ace- all right, all right, all right. Let's get back to the trans talk, guys. I get it. It's an old school chat room. Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. Okay, so uh, I'm serious though. So what was it like meeting you? Luna and I are starting a separate podcast talking about '90s tech. Talk about that later. Talk about that later. <laughs> I can just feel Matt geeking out over there. He got so excited. Oh, yeah. I had to shut that shit down. Uh, can you tell us, uh, I mean, I know it's way too general, so maybe we should just focus on your specific story, but dating while trans has got to be complicated. Uh, I would actually be the worst person to ask about that because, <laughs> like I said, I've been dating this guy for 10 years before, oh my before gosh. either of us So you need to help me with my dating life. <laughs> and both <laughs> yeah. of us are trans. Uh, 
And when okay, we okay, okay, the, the actually the first thing I believe we really bonded over was that neither of us felt quite right there. And yeah, it's kind of fun that that's how that happened. Huh. Yeah. So he's female to male trans. Uh, 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 I would no? I would say uh, assigned female at birth. It's AFAB is what I would say. AFAB male. Okay. Um. Okay. Or just trans man, I think, is probably uh, the best way to, to go about it. Better way to yeah, say Yeah, because uh, that, that particular nomenclature is very dependent on the thought that things are binaries. The binary? Yeah. I'm curious about your uh, opinion on the portrayal of uh, being transgender in the media. Like, like, have you seen the show Transparent? Ugh. That's my first reaction to any of it. That was a loaded. <laughs> that was a loaded sigh moment. Yeah, it's uh, 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 especially with uh, I'm I'm not, I'm I'm pretty sure you saw them more. Oh God, Scarlett Johansson is just a fucking train wreck. Um, you saw the more recent part though when she was uh, being cast to play a trans man. She was a yes. And, yeah, I saw that and I was just like, no, you can't cast a cis woman to play a trans man. That's stupid. You can't do that. And uh, and eventually they were like, okay, I guess we're not going to do that. Bye. Wait, what about when Felicity Huffman did it in the movie Trans America? How did you feel about that? Uh, I actually don't think I've seen that. I don't know about that story. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. I have not seen much of Transparent. But, uh, I mean, again, that's more of the same. Uh, people keep, uh, the people keep casting, uh, these characters based on what they were assigned at birth rather than who they are. Uh, so, like, Jeffrey Tambor, I love you, but I would rather you not play a trans woman. Um, and, uh, that goes for... How was it David Duchovny and Twin Peaks? Oh, I, I didn't know about that, that one. Him. Okay. It's very annoying for so many trans roles to be filled by cis people who are the wrong gender or cis people who are the right gender, but there's, you know, plenty of trans actors out there and they would like jobs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, it's, it's, it's inexcusable and, right. uh, and I really wish it would it would uh, cut the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> How yes. do you really feel? Uh. <laughs> anyway, I would love to take it back to the Discord, actually. So um, you found yourself in this community, and then exile happened, and you found yourself running it with, it seems there is there's a council of elders. Is that right? Uh, essentially. Um, we try to keep the, the council staffed uh, when someone leaves or when we get a, a bunch of new people we tend to find another person to add to the council um and it's uh and it's usually an odd number of people in there um and all major decisions uh go through a vote in in that it's it's democratic it's not quite anarchic because discord doesn't do anarchism very well but uh it is very it is at least democratic mm-hmm. Uh, and how which many? I, I, yeah, uh, I think it's seven right now. Seven council members, and how many members of the Discord are there? Um, well over a hundred, I believe. 
Luna, are there other relationships formed? Uh, not other. I'm thinking of you and your husband, but um, have relationships been formed in this Discord? Friendships, romantic relationships, that sort of thing that you're aware of? Oh, so, so very many. <laughs> okay. Um, let me uh, pull out my phone excellent, since this excellent. is the part where I pull stories. <laughs> so uh, uh, one person is saying that uh, the, the, the server itself has been uh, an extremely positive just environment in the past. Uh, uh, it's nice to have found a few places where I can be myself and even share selfies and stuff without fear of people judging or questioning me. Uh, everyone is real supportive and friendly, as well as uh, that I am dating someone I met on the server and meeting IRL in under two months, which has been a massive positive in my life when there has been mostly negatives. Uh, so that is that is one of the people who has uh, started a, a more romantic relationship. Lovely. Uh, which is very interesting and very cool. I'm <laughs> very glad these people are uh, are like meeting each other. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I want to hear more stories. Uh, uh, another person is saying what uh, they really got out of the server in general is just having a place to go where people understand what your problems are um, and not have people who don't understand your problems there, uh, which is a which is an important part of what a safe space is. It's not a place to like escape criticism. It's a place to talk about issues without being questioned on what your issues are by with, so that you can commiserate with people who know what your issues are. Uh, yes, uh, essentially the same as me trying to figure it out a decade ago and just not having any resources uh, and more recently finding more resources and actually getting into the, the, the swing of uh, being trans. I imagine there's a lot of support and sharing go that goes on. Is there anything um, th that the rest of us aren't thinking of any um, just really wonderful ways, unexpected ways that people are helping each other within the Discord? Yeah, I mean, we uh, we have a lot of um, of political discussions. I do think that that is that is helping a lot of of, of people get their uh, their ideas heard and uh, have some misconceptions uh, righted. Uh, because one of the main things that happens is that we are misinformed. Um, purposefully by people who do not like us. Uh, and that is something that you have to unlearn. So I have a feeling that that's quite something that people uh, get out of the server. Can you give us an example of that? Because that was really interesting, but I'm a little confused, like the politics and an example of being taught something that is false. Uh, well, like... I know there's a lot of examples, but I'd love to hear one. Like, for example, when the pumpkin in chief said that transition was really <laughs> expensive, and it's really not, and some people who are, who are looking into transitioning but don't, aren't, have not started, uh, have heard the same information over and over that, uh, uh, that all transition is very expensive, when no... Only the surgery is expensive. The actual medication is pretty cheap. Okay. Um, and that's one of the things that people have to unlearn is that, no, this is not going to break your bank yeah. as long as you have some kind of income. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Uh, and a lot of it yeah. is, uh, uh, of course, having some way of getting some kind of uh, insurance because things suck. But uh, there are some resources for people to buy uh, their hormones directly 
not that I personally have any experience or could recommend anything given that uh, I have no experience with it, but I know some people who get their uh, estrogen straight from Canada, for example. I, I know this is a little bit of a can of worms, but what do you advise for parents? Because it must be so difficult, even if you're super super, uh, super liberal and open-minded, it must be difficult, you know, your child comes to you and your child is 12, 13 and says, I think I'm in the wrong body or whatever it is that, you know, that must be difficult how you assess, you know, how real it is. And because it's, you know, once they do start the hormones, I imagine it's irreversible. So what, what do you advise? Oh, I mean, any hormonal difference is really going to be uh, irreversible. I mean, the oh, it's not okay. Oh, well, I mean, it's it's it is. It's uh, I mean, if you oh, go through okay. if you go through a puberty, you will have some effects of that puberty probably for a long mm-hmm. time, if not forever. Um, uh, but going through a second puberty might possibly reduce some of those things. Uh, like I said, with the body hair getting more soft, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, anyways, what I would say to parents is that you should absolutely just listen to your children. Their feelings are valid and, uh, and what they're going through is real. It's not made up. It's not a phase. These, these little, these little phrases that have been, uh, sprinkled into pop culture about the, it being a phase that these are unhelpful assumptions, uh, and you should start with the assumption that your child is telling the truth. Hashtag believe children. Yes. Um, And Luna, how has your relationship with your mother changed, if at all, since you had, you know, that conversation? Uh, I I suppose that um, my relationship with my mother has been a little bit less strained since I am no longer feeling uh, like I want to die uh, all the time. That's been a pretty big helpful, improvement. Helpful. Uh, it, it it reduces your crabbiness a lot. I believe that that's one of the main <laughs> reasons to to go through with everything. Yeah. Um, have you told? Do you have grandparents? Uh, no. Okay, that's probably um, helpful in this case because uh, I imagine like people have a lot of issues coming. I mean, in the Discord server, maybe there are stories about coming out to grandparents just because it is another generation. Yeah, that's that's definitely a thing that uh, that that people have dealt with um i know at least one person uh uh wears a binder on her breasts when she sees her grandfather because he's not going to be around for very long so she's just not going to deal with it um and that definitely sucks to deal with because you're being referred to incorrectly but uh, it can be a little less painful than uh going through all of that with someone who sucks at understanding it um but uh, uh and, and so it's it's I, I i don't know if i would go through that same process there but uh uh definitely some people have dealt with uh, older folks not quite getting it so something i am so curious about is language because we're seeing i live in san francisco so of course here it's like i'm assuming it's uh, i'm in one of the best places to be trans i think possibly Um, we're seeing a lot of acceptance of they and them Mm -hmm. and i am so curious about other languages that are way more gendered than english you know there's so many languages where it's like literally everything has a gender so like what are what is the community thinking about that 
Um, I mean, that's that's a that's a problem with all uh, uh, contemporary languages, at very least, is that uh, so much of it is is pre-gendered, and it's somewhat hard to remove gender from an entire language. Um, it would be kind of like trying to remove all of the horizontal lines on your woven carpet without disturbing any of the other ones. You're going to have some issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that these that people who have more gendered languages tend to just kind of have fun with that, I think, uh, more than anything. Just kind of make fun of the fact that things are gendered because it's silly as heck. Oh no, my chair is a woman. I not wonder what. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, it's yeah. It's just interesting because even the verbs are conjugated differently if you're male versus female. Yeah. So very binary into the language. Yeah, it's it's very. I'm also a linguistics nerd, so I'm gonna have to try and make sure that I'm brief on this one. <laughs> Foreign trans people tweet us. I'm at Ali Gold. <laughs> I'm at Junebugger. <laughs> so, in closing, are there any final words you'd like to say to our listeners about? Um, I don't know how to. Uh, be more inclusive and accept the trans people in your community like small things that everyone can do like i know like you know keep being aware of pronouns is there Um, anything else i think one of the uh uh actually um quickly the topic of language real quick i did want to uh point out something that i said in the email um the uh there's this weird uh, uh delineation between um uh, transgender and transsexual, and transsexual is just outmoded uh, because the distinction between whether or not you've had surgery is not actually a very helpful one. Um, so definitely don't use that, I suppose. That would be a good thing to, to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing to keep in mind is do not bring up that someone is transgender unless they have given you permission to. Uh, because not everybody is out to everybody. Even if they're out on Twitter, they might not be out to their supermarket. And Luna, if there are any uh, people who are trans who are listening to this and would like to join the Discord, how would they find that? Well, we can't. Isn't the whole idea well, that they... Uh, well, it's, 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 it's <laughs> quote-unquote yeah. private. Or maybe I mean, could, we do yeah. accept people. Um, you will... Mm-hmm. I will be putting out a tweet specifically to respond to uh, just so that I can keep them organized. And uh, that will okay. be on at Noisebot, N-O-Y-Z-B-O-T. Uh, I will go ahead and put that up as the uh, please respond to this if you're trying to get into In Transition, the name of the server. Um, and we will we will talk to you, um, and we may let you in, which is, is more likely than, uh, <laughs> than not, honestly. Uh, really, as to be honest, as long as you're not a fucking Nazi, I think you're good. Yeah, I yeah. don't like Nazis. I'm not into that. Or don't like sexually harass people. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Luna, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure having you here. Thank you for being so open. Oh, of course. It's been fantastic. It's great to pull out my microphone again. <laughs> yeah. Great. We'll have to do it again. <laughs> of course. Well, I just want to say that all my hopes and dreams came true there because, as I mentioned at the beginning, I uh, at the of the interview, you know, a lot of I understand that a lot of people are tired of like explaining their minority position, and I love that we just got to ask her anything, and I want to say everything except for I have three thousand more questions. I can imagine it would get to be like a lot after a while to constantly like just have to 
talk about something that is just who you are, <laughs> you know? Um, and it's something that's impossible, I think, for like cisgender people to even begin to understand, it seems. Um, and I assume all of you listeners are familiar with that term cisgender, but just in case you're not, um, and you know, correct me, please, if, if I'm wrong in the definition of this in any way, but I believe it's when your biological gender sort of is the same as what you say your gender identity is. Is that right, Allie? I think so. It's when you matchy match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is so interesting, too, as our understanding of gender, gender identity evolves, how, you know, what you were saying about language, how we're really going to have to just reassess sort of the way we've been talking about a lot of things that, you know, has been so second nature, but not necessarily like the most open or accepting way to express it. So it's just interesting because some languages are so gendered through and through. Mm -hmm. Like English is actually pretty, pretty non-gendered compared to a lot of languages. So I don't even know how that's going to go. Well, the article that we keep mentioning that Luna sent us linked out to another article, BBC thing that just talked about, you know, when we were growing up, we would hear LGBT or as we got a bit older, it was LGBTQ. Then I think I became something that was put on there as intersex. Mm -hmm. Um, But this particular acronym that they're talking about now, and I know this will just continually change, is LGBTQQIAAP. (laughs) I don't get it. I don't get it. (laughs) Well, let me tell you what it is. It's lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, questioning, intersex, allies is the A, and then asexual, and then pansexual. So... Oh, shit. Wait, is pansexual you just love everything? Uh, they talk about it as being, yeah, a person who's not... Uh, sorry, a person um, whose sexual attraction is not based on gender. Yeah, so they're... The first com- time I ever heard pansexual was when you and I were teaching a high school group, and I was like, holy shit, kids today. Remember oh, so someone I- identified as pansexual? Pansexual. I think I remember that, yeah. I'm fascinated by how young people are when they know these things about themselves like i I, yeah just to like know something at such a young age i totally believe it's true it's just i it's it's fascinating to me that like to think about your sexuality i don't think when i was like 12 or 13 i you know and i didn't need to make any sort of declaration to anyone about being heterosexual but i i don't know you know it's so it's like i didn't even really think about it it wasn't i don't think i had a moment where i'm like i'm attracted to boys (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) I did, though. Like, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I was like 12 or 13. What was your moment? (laughs) Well, first of all, I knew the first time where I was like really attracted to a guy and it was in middle school. But also um, my aunts are lesbians. Just like outed my aunts on the podcast. I mean, they're out. Whatever. They're my lesbians. I love them, love them, love them, love them. They were on the cover Um, of a magazine. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They were in the, they were in the, was it, it was New York Magazine or the New Yorker? I can't remember now. uh, New York Magazine. yeah, once, uh, thank you, I'm glad you know. Even sure. though, uh, yeah, yeah. once uh, gay marriage became legal in New York, they profiled a bunch of couples. And actually, I saw a reporter query for it and sent it to my aunts. And we're like, it was like, you should respond to this. And then my aunts <laughs> have this like um, had this like amazing spread. So yeah, anyway, point of the story was that um, I figured out what gay was before I realized there was a stigma, which is really interesting. Huh. Uh, but so I realized that my aunts were lesbians. Um, so I remember as a kid being like, oh, like I could like men or I could like women. And then I liked men. <laughs> so I, anyway, so that's my story. Um, but yeah, other, you know, uh, otherwise, I think most, most uh, cis straight people don't 
have that experience. But you're speaking to the generational uh, progress here in that my daughter who is five uh, is really close friends with a girl who has two moms and that is just totally a thing and it's all good and and she is growing up in a world that we did not grow up in yeah and that's revolutionary that's and so it's, cool because i remember slow. it mm-hmm. sucks for people who are dealing with it today obviously but i my hope is that our children will deal with far less of it if not none of it maybe i don't know mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean i could talk about that forever so don't don't get me started mm-hmm. <laughs> we all know i talk too much Allie. Well, I had an interesting experience growing up too. My my uncle was gay and um, in high school after he passed away, I started um, a gay straight alliance at my school and it was just me. Um, I think I'm legally obligated to just remind everyone that Jen was also in a drug and alcohol free <laughs> dance group. In, okay, go on, continue. Wait, was there dancing? In the gay straight alliance, was there dancing? <laughs> yes, <laughs> indeed. Um, so, <laughs> but it was just me and two gay men. Um, and I, I, de- I guess I de- identified as a straight woman, but like, I also, like, I was so young, I was 15 and I just remember like being so, it was like so hard for me to just like, I don't know, like I de- identifying it was really weird and I am just like super oh, into this. actually that's interesting. Cause yeah, you yeah. have a gay uncle, but it didn't occur to you as a kid. Like I could like men or I could like women. I guess not really. Yeah. Huh. It just like, okay. I, I think and I would have been, sense. I would have been really receptive to like this more fluid uh take on gender because i do believe it is fluid but like even you know when i was in high school like now 20 years ago or however long yeah we just didn't have a way to describe it and i mean i am heterosexual but like i'm definitely also attracted to women but like you know it's like i identify as heterosexual so the truth comes out (laughs) jen loves me she loves me i'm in love with Allie. (laughs) but no i'm just super into the idea like these identities keep evolving and like do we need a name for everything not necessarily but like sometimes it's helpful to have names for the people who feel that way or like whatever i think it's really cool anyway that's all i'm saying i'm totally into this like long ass acronym and i think it should keep evolving that's what i'm saying (laughs) it's just gonna be the whole alphabet soon and then it's just you when you sing the abcs you're learning about inclusion you're learning about gender and sexuality that's nice but but, and i'm wondering does the acronym get too complicated and then can we um sub it out for just this notion of a spectrum of like we don't necessarily need to uh, have a bunch of letters. We can ju- we can just say what you said, Jen. That it is one hundred percent fluid across the board, and you could be anywhere. You don't necessarily need a letter. May- and and maybe I'm speaking out of turn, but, but yeah. I don't want to just I don't want to throw the letters away. I'm just saying no, like totally. let's bring everybody into the club, and it's 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 just a it's just a rainbow. It's just a spectrum. It's not a, a an acronym. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It comes back to language. It's like when you put a word on something, you can celebrate it if you're if you identify mm-hmm. as that, but it also can be very constricting. So. Right. I, yeah, I don't know. That's a good point. Yeah. I was interested that allies was in there. Like I know, me too. Because <laughs> <laughs> actually a friend was telling me a story recently how he was at, you know, like um, LGBT, et cetera, et cetera, events because he's a gay man. And he was talking to this girl and at some point asked something about her dating life. And I guess like sort of assuming she was a lesbian. And she was like, oh, no, no, no. I'm an I'm, just, I'm an ally. Like he, he was at an event for prospective students, and she was like, "No, I'm an ally." And he was sort of like, "Why are you here?" <laughs> like, he's like, "Well, 
like, I'm glad they're allies, but this is an event for like us to meet each other. Like, why are the allies here? I thought, you know. I'm, I'm sorry, but anyway. like, was she there? Was she there to support a specific person, or she just like came as an ally to everyone? She was just like, I love the gays. I'm an ally, <laughs> and I'm like, I love the gays too, but I don't go to like gay events because it's not my time to shine. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm glad they threw allies in. But I know we're laughing, but like. Obviously, allyship is super important. Um, it is, but, it is. But it's a good point that but, I'm like, why, why do we need to be in the acronym? I don't know. Maybe like let let them have their thing. When is our time to shine? There are no events for straight white people. Where where do we go? Oh, life is so difficult. <laughs> I I sorry. I have so many stories about this, but I actually recently saw Kim Petras perform, and that's a pop star and you guys probably know her music and she's trans oh yeah you told me about and this. it was so fascinating because i didn't i knew her music and didn't realize she was trans and apparently she started the hormones at like age 13 or something and it's so fascinating because she looks and sounds exactly like a hot female pop star and it occurred to me you know if she'd started transitioning even a year or two later her voice would be completely different and she's a singer mm. wow yeah yeah yep. Well, uh, this is a bit of a can of worms. Ali, you asked about uh, tips for parents and, you know, you want to be an accepting parent and you want to give your child the life that uh, they feel is right for them. But the idea of, I don't, you know, a 12 year old probably knows who he or she is but also they're 12 so like are you going to make a life altering decision like uh, is I think it, it must be so hard it's so hard like you wouldn't it's a, I don't know it's I don't know if this is a wrong analogy but like you you wouldn't get a tattoo at 12 because are you making are you making a, you're making a permanent choice that's with you forever or for a long period of your adult life uh, I don't know. It's that's a really hard thing. It's got to be so hard as a parent. Like even if you're super open and liberal, um, you know, it's just got to be difficult. Your child is a is a child making like a vi- yeah. I, I don't I don't trust children to do anything. Like, yeah, that's what, what I'm saying. You know what and I mean? It's like, and it's different if you're. <laughs> we if, were talking it, on a previous episode about whether they should be allowed on the subway by themselves. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm talking to. Um, I'm producing another show. One of the hosts is a medical doctor who uh, works with adolescents and teens, and he we literally don't give a shit like, about your other shows, Matthew. Well, I, I, Just kidding. He, go on. Go on. It's <laughs> it's funny to me because he literally, as a doctor, is like the teenage mind is messed up. Like they don't know what is right and wrong, and they don't understand the consequences of their actions. Like literally, medically, the the pieces of the brain that make good decisions are not even formed yet so this idea that's wild you know and and like that makes sense like i don't have any i don't parent teenagers yet but like we all know what teens are capable of and they're crazy and whatever so on one hand believe all kids like we want to empower them to 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 identify themselves but at the same time like transitioning at 12 like that is a big thing yeah. Well, I guess that's why that therapy bar- barrier has to be there. So they do talk to a professional first who assesses mm-hmm. the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, guys. I I don't know. I loved what uh, Luna said about gender being seen by society. It's like treated like a sledgehammer when uh, she really believes it's like a butterfly. And I do think it's evolving over time, but I just have trouble believing that like, yeah, not everybody's going to be ready to make 
a big decision in their life like that at the same time. And if truly the best time to start something like that would be around, you know, maybe age 13, I, I don't know exactly what it would be. It just feels like, yeah, that's such a sensitive time in, in, a, in a child's life anyway. And I, some people might be ready, but they would be very mature and brave. And just thinking about myself, if, if I were in that boat, I mean, I... I was such a late bloomer in every respect. <laughs> I don't think I went through puberty until I was like 22. <laughs> <laughs> I was such a late bloomer. I'm still hoping for puberty I, now, you know? That I, it's time for me to grow some titties. Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, that I could see it getting into a really tricky place. Yeah, we're like maybe you might feel a little forced to make that decision when you're young because it like for your body might be the best time, but it's got to be hard for everyone. I don't know. I just don't know what the answer is. Well, on that note, <laughs> I know trans people probably feel like the change has been so, so very slow, but I feel like it's really escalated in the past decade or so. Yeah. Like I knew nothing about trans people. I think the first time I heard it was in college. Um, and then in the past 10 years, I feel like it's the discussion is really ramped up. Yeah. I mean, this may be cliche, but really like, uh, you know, tr when Transparent came around, I, that felt like, like the first hyper mainstream. Actually, no, maybe that's wrong. There's a really. Well, yeah. I think it's I think it's Caitlyn Jenner. No. Um, Wasn't Transparent already on TV? I think I it know, might have been. Uh, but I guess uh, so my perception would be that um, Transparent was is an Amazon show. And so like streaming is big now but like not everyone had it like your your average you know our parents are just watching normal television for the most part and so transparent was out there but like i don't think it had a mainstream mainstream audience maybe until it started winning awards and whatever but caitlin jenner was on the cover of people magazine and for a mainstream middle america world to look at this olympic athlete from the whatever 70s and 80s and now uh, on the cover of a mainstream magazine as a woman, that to me felt like, whoa, the conversation has begun. Do you agree or, or no? Uh, the modern I'm sure conversation. it escalated with that, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like in the even before that, I was really starting to hear about it a lot more. Yeah, I don't know. But I guess we are, for lack of a better term, you know. Uh, um, coastal elites about in the bubbles that we occupy, and I, and I'm wondering oh, if am I elite? When is that money gonna start rolling in? Yeah, girl. If I'm elite, god damn it. You know what anyway, I mean? What? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. It's maybe it was different for different people, but I agree. People Magazine, if it, it, it was people, like that's such a huge. I could see that would have the farthest reach. I was also thinking about Laverne Cox on Orange Is the New Black. I, I don't know mm -hmm. the timeline of all of that, but I, I remember too seeing her on that and and being like really blown away that 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 this that it is mainstream at, at that point so well let me let me frame it a different way uh, pull go outside and gather you know 10 people and say have you heard of laverne cox probably no one's going to say yes have you heard of uh the show transparent eh, maybe i heard of it have you heard of caitlin jenner okay Every matt you win you get a trader joe's gift card you win <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, now that we've quit arguing about when the first, the most mainstream. Also, I just hate using the term mainstream. But um. I know I talk too much, but I have one more quick story, which is that my friend Daniel started a suit company and he just wanted to start a bespoke, you know, a custom suit company. And early on, someone who was trans came to him and he was like, yeah, sure, I'll make whatever you want to make. 
you know, whatever you want. That's what I'll do. You know, you want your um, chest minimized and this and that. You know what I mean? No problem at all. And he thought nothing of it. And apparently it blew this person's mind who had always been searching for a suit to make this person feel, I forget, you know, which what the identity was, but to make this person feel the way they wanted to feel. This had never happened. And whenever, you know, and custom suit companies tend to be like pretty old school and very traditional and very masculine. Um, and so it it was really groundbreaking for this person. And um, they wrote Daniel this incredible letter about how amazing it was to just be wearing this suit. So the trans community basically discovers Daniel, who's just this little Jewish guy who doesn't give a fuck. He's like, whatever you want to make, I'll make it. He's, you know what I mean? <laughs> and he blows up within the trans community. And then there was a New York Times profile on him. And now he makes suits for like all the celebrities and especially any high profile trans person. He has made a suit for the, for them. Uh, so it's. I just thought that was so fascinating. It's called Bindle and Keep. Go check it out. Um, but also just that, you know, there's like, there is a business case for being inclusive, which I thought was so interesting as well. Little things. Like you said, he didn't even think twice about it. It was just another customer. Like th that's the world that we're he hopefully heading toward that it's not a big deal, but it, it turns out it was a huge deal to the to that first customer. Like, it's amazing. Yeah, and I think he's even on record in some interviews being like, ah, I'm not like this amazing good person. I said, I'm gonna make you say whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, you are an amazing good person. Actually, Daniel started this business in my apartment. I remember we that, yeah. Ah, all right, so are you, are you getting a cut or no? I'm fucking not, I hope are so, getting Daniel. getting a suit? Yeah, you should get a suit. <laughs> Guys, if if you if you contact Bindle and Keep through this podcast, <laughs> let Daniel know you heard it from me and you want Allie to get a ten percent uh, cut. I thought you were gonna get I'm actually them a not discount. even kidding. What an asshole you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Use promo code two G one P and Allie will get the discount. <laughs> I haven't asked Daniel. I can't give it a discount, but I want 10%. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. A referral fee. Also, sidebar, I'm an asshole. If you want to tweet me yeah. at Allie Gold. So you can also tweet me if you just want to chat. I'm at June Bugger. Uh, you can email us at 2G1podcast at gmail.com or you can call us and leave us a voicemail. That phone number is 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6548. And you can join us on our very own Discord server uh, where we're hanging out. It's discord.gg slash 2G1P. You can come in and suggest show topics. You can leave questions for our upcoming guests. We love to talk with you there. Oh, you know what? I want to give one more shout out to V, who yes. is in our Discord server, who suggested today's guest and put us in touch. And V, the wonderful V, is open to any further questions you have. So if you'd like to join us in our Discord, V is there. Uh, if you decide to be an asshole, we will remove you. Except for me, I'm the only asshole allowed in. <laughs> so again, it's discord.gg slash 2G1P. And if you would like to make a contribution to Two Girls, One Podcast, uh, we will welcome it with open arms. You can go to patreon.com slash 2g1p all right everybody we will catch you on next monday two girls one podcast is hosted by allison goldberg and jennifer tamula and edited by matt silverman in new york city additional editing for this episode by logan yuri production assistance is provided by the podglomerate 2g1p is supported by penguin random house audio purveyors of award-winning audiobooks and available wherever fine audiobooks are downloaded
the Podglomerate, a Sonic Universe. Oh, it's a huge cage.